This is Books and Nachos, a podcast for those of us who find excitement in the pages of a good book. Fiction and nonfiction, graphic novels, and more. We're here to help you find something great to read. The year is 1943, and Indiana Jones takes a leave from the U.S. Army to meet up with his friend Mac in Haiti to go deep into the jungle to locate the Heart of Darkness, a giant black pearl that is rumored to have mystical powers. Indian Mac hired the local Marie, who has some talent in the voodoo arts, to guide them and their band on their trek through the treacherous jungle. But little does Indy know that he is being followed by three different groups who want the pearl's power for themselves. A powerful voodoo priest, Bookman, who is already so powerful he can transcend to the spirit world and raise the dead, wants the pearl to accentuate his already immense power and become invincible. And then there is also a contingent of Germans led by Colonel Gruber close behind and a Japanese spy codenamed Yamada leading a group to follow Indy and steal the prize once it has been located. Turns out the Heart of Darkness is not only a powerful conduit for the black magic, but the wooden bottle that contains it has a formula for raising the dead by alternative means. Will Indian Mac retrieve the pearl for a museum or will one or all of these power-hungry forces get in the way? That is what awaits in Indiana Jones and the Army of the Dead. Welcome to Books and Nachos. This is Brock, and today I will be reviewing Indiana Jones and the Army of the Dead by Steve Perry. You may know Steve Perry from his varied Star Wars works that include Death Star and Shadows of the Empire, or perhaps from his Matador series or Tom Clancy Netforce books or many others. I like what little of Mr. Perry's work I have read in the past, and when I found out he was the author of this latest Indiana Jones novel, I thought it was a good fit. When I heard they were going to do a new Indiana Jones novel, I got very excited. I had a great time in the early 1990s reading Ron McGregor's Indiana Jones books. They took place pre-Raiders of the Lost Ark and were in continuity with each other, fleshing out the character of Indiana Jones as a young archaeologist as he traveled the world in search of treasures, finding adventure and love along the way. I know those books were not well-received by all indie fans, but I enjoyed them well enough. And there were six novels after McGregor stopped, but the new author didn't hold my interest, and I gave up midway through Indiana Jones and the White Witch. Max McCoy took over for the final four books, the last of which came out in 1999, all of which I own, but I haven't cracked open yet, but I've always meant to. Finally, all these years later, Indy returns to the world of books, and it could be a great pairing. There are characters like Clive Custler's Dirk Pitt that have grand adventures, chock full of interesting premises, and full of satisfying action sequences. So it seems only natural that Indiana Jones could have those same sorts of adventures written for him. But for some reason I haven't completely figured out yet, transferring Indiana Jones from movie screen to TV or books or comics never seems to work out as well as it should. It has to be said that the name of the MacGuffin in Army of the Dead, The Heart of Darkness, is the name of a classic book of the same name by Joseph Conrad, and it is even called out early in the novel. It seemed that was a clue to the reader by the author as to what kind of book we're about to get. That didn't bode well for this reader. For an adventure book, there is very little adventure in Indiana Jones and the Army of the Dead. As avid listeners of my book reviews and commentary on Star Wars Action News and the Star Wars Action News Book Club may already know, I am not a fan of the constantly used but rarely well-done story setup of our heroes traveling through a foreign land, planet, or in this case, jungle, battling the life-threatening environmental factors and whatever else along the way. 
That sort of plot, in theory, can facilitate some great character development in place of excessive plot or action, and who doesn't love a good character-driven book, right? But here, we don't get action or character development. This book is less Raiders of the Lost Ark in its structure, where Indy is the man leading the expedition to beat the Nazis to find the Ark, and more akin to Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, where Indy and company follow the crazy guy through the jungle with the Russians following behind to take the prize once it's found. At least in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, there are action scenes along the way. Whether or not they are good action scenes is to be discussed on a different podcast, but at least they were there, unlike here, or say in the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. And one has to question why the author would follow the example of the two least successful Indiana Jones efforts instead of what made Indy a star. And that is the big issue with Indiana Jones and the Army of the Dead, the structure of the book. When you think about Indiana Jones... You think adventure. You think of him getting out of one scrape and into another. You think fistfights, chases, puzzles. You think of a vulnerable character that can fall in love, who's loyal to a fault, who gets hurt, but always seems to come out on top. The man who is smart, who can figure it all out, but is also not afraid to throw down. We get none of that here. This book is Indian Mac traipsing through the jungle while the Japanese, the Germans, and the voodoo priest are following behind to come in and snatch the treasure once Indy and Mac do all the work. And by having the Germans follow Indy's band through the Haitian jungle from a safe distance as not to be detected, and the Japanese following behind the Germans at a safe distance from them as well, and having Buchmann overseeing all three parties from above, waiting for the right moment to pounce his undead army upon them, there was no place to have any action. They give each other too much space. When the carnage finally comes when the army of the dead attacks... Not only do all the named characters predictably survive, but each contingent is attacked separately. Why not have all three parties attacked together against the Grand Army of the Dead and give us one massive battle scene? Regardless, by the time that happens late in the book, I am beyond caring. The titular Army of the Dead was a bit confusing. There are two different kinds of zombies. One is the reanimated corpses by the mystical voodoo power wielded by the Master Bookman, which takes an amazing toll on him to continually use. So he supplements the mystical reanimation by a cocktail he injects into other dead, a formula of which the Germans and Japanese want to make their armies unstoppable. For they figure they can win World War II with sheer numbers if the soldiers can come back from the dead. So while the zombies and the voodoo stuff give this story the mystical element that has been found in all of Indy's movies... Here, it was not as satisfying as the title led us to believe. This isn't a zombie horror novel. They play the role of henchmen here more than anything else. And given how much the zombie undead show up in this book, and the kind of threat they pose to our heroes, to have them in the title is a bit misleading. We spend an exorbitant amount of time with all the new villain characters, Bookman, Yamada, and Gruber, learning and relearning their motivations for what they do each time we revisit them. But even with all the time we spend with these new characters learning about their interests and motivations, they fail to engage me and still come off as one-note characters. For example, in Yamada's scenes, we get well-described lessons in the art of the samurai and Japanese calligraphy and the connection one has with their ink pens, information that is clearly well-researched and could be interesting to learn about in another novel, but not here, because he is not the main character of this book and not why I am reading this novel. And unfortunately, none of that information is critical to the plot and doesn't factor in later in the climax. It reminded me of watching the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, where while meeting a new historical figure each and every week sounded like a good idea, it isn't why I tuned in. Unfortunately, Indiana Jones is not a strong character in this book. 
a man of action in the movies, he is a man of inaction here. And I can understand why we don't get a lot of new revelations into Indy's character, given that ground was covered in four movies, a TV show, and the aforementioned novels. The timeline of this book is between the third and fourth movies, so we know where he is going and where he has been. So that being the case, why not give us a good representation of the Indy character we all love from the first three movies? The reason we are reading this book in the first place. Instead, to inject the Indy feel, we get frequent and annoying mentions of Indy's hat and reminded of his fear of snakes. Yet, surprisingly, his trademark whip is not used until page 226 of this 325-page novel. Indy seems to have a fast crush on the woman guide Marie, and his behavior on that seems a bit strong. He throws away common-sense judgment. Now, that could be a play on Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, but there he had consummated that relationship with Elsa, and a man like Indy learns from his mistakes. There is no physical intimacy to make that same bond here with Marie, and it seems crazy that Indy would be loyal to the point he is with this woman. And while we're talking about Elsa, the author refers back and recaps that relationship more than once in the novel, having Indy reflect on how strange it was that he and his dad slept with her and how beautiful she was. As I said before, this book is set in 1943. Elsa and Indy met in 1938, and I didn't catch exactly why Indy would reflect on that woman during the start of this new adventure. Given that Indy has a different girl in every movie, and now here in this book he is scoping out this guide, wouldn't there be many other girls for him to think about since Elsa six years ago? These recalls to Elsa came across as the author trying to use scenes and images from known Indiana Jones stories to hook the reader with the familiar to help them get into the book. That is quite the common practice in Star Wars novels and probably other licensed fiction. And when used properly, it can be a great tool. But as in oftentimes in Star Wars books, here it backfires. Bringing up events from the indie movies doesn't help me get more comfortable in this book, but instead reminds me of how much more I enjoyed watching The Last Crusade than reading this new adventure. Less time recalling the past and more time giving us good characterization of Indiana Jones would have been a stronger way to engage the reader. Bringing back Mac seemed to me like a great idea, a great way to flesh out the character we met for the first time in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, where we are led to believe Indy and he are long-time friends who have shared many an adventure together. But we don't get any of that. Mac is as one-dimensional here as he was in the movie, and you don't get why Indy would want to be around him or fly to Haiti for this adventure. This was a severe missed opportunity to focus on the friendship of these two characters, or to even tell the origin story of how these two became such good friends. That certainly would have helped both characters in this book, and perhaps given the reader the connection to the characters that this novel sorely misses and so desperately needs. In conclusion, Indiana Jones and the Army of the Dead is disappointing. It never feels like an Indiana Jones adventure. I came in for some of that swashbuckling adventure with the fun and interesting character of Indiana Jones. But instead, there was walking through the jungle, decisions to set up camp when it was getting dark, and underdeveloped characters thinking and talking about the same topics over and over again. They were traveling through the jungle, but they weren't going anywhere. I truly believe there is a place for new Indiana Jones stories on the bookshelves. And I don't know if they have any more planned, but I hope they do. And that next time, they give us an adventure worthy of the name Indiana Jones. You can win a free copy of Indiana Jones and the Army of the Dead, courtesy of its publisher, Delray Books, by sending an email to show at booksandnachos.com. That's Books and Nachos spelled out, with the subject line being, Win Indiana Jones. In the body of the email, put your name, shipping address, age, and also, name the only Indiana Jones film I didn't mention in the review. The contest ends midnight, November 30th, 2009. 
Thanks for listening to Books and Nachos, and we'll be back real soon with another review. Thank you for listening to Books and Nachos. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes, and you can catch back episodes at our website, booksandnachos.com. The music for Books and Nachos is The Right Prescription by Chai Weapon, which can be downloaded at podsafeaudio.com. Books and Nachos is copyright 2009 Venganza Media Incorporated. Thank you.